you know, maybe falling into some bad habits, patterns of letting anxiety rule your life. Hi, me, I'm raising my hand, I'm calling myself out. Hello and welcome back to the Hard Feelings Podcast. This is of course my mental health podcast where we talk about things like anxiety and depression, aka hard feelings. Man oh man am I excited to have you here listening for another episode today. If you're watching the the in-studio recording, if you're if you're on YouTube, I am sitting in the corner of my bedroom in my one bedroom apartment. I have one bedroom and a bathroom and a kitchen and a living room and it's great and I love it and I love being here. That is what you're seeing. Um, yeah, so today's episode, <laughs> I don't know why I was talking about, oh my gosh, I'm just, I, you know, I took a week off last week because I had family visiting and I suddenly forget how to host a podcast. I'm kidding. I have like pages and pages of notes on how to host this exact podcast episode. Um, no, they're just my innermost thoughts. So I hope you're ready to get vulnerable this episode, dude, because I'm sharing a real life example with you that I'm currently struggling with, but I'm feel I'm feeling in a better place with it now. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have come to you if it was fresh. Um, it is fresh. I found out about it yesterday, but I wouldn't have come to you if I was still in the pan. I'm out of the panicking phase. Okay. So everybody wipe your foreheads, wipe that sweat off your brow because I am fine. <laughs> But this week, I want to talk to you about instinct versus intuition, and I'm hoping I'm using the right words there. What I really mean by that is that initial gut response you have to something when you're presented with an opportunity, presented with a challenge, and what that actually means. Is that gut response your instinct, or is it your intuition? And I feel, for me, the difference between those two words is like, instinct is like habit, what you're used to, you know, maybe falling into some bad habits, patterns of letting anxiety rule your life. Hi, me, I'm raising my hand, I'm calling myself out. But like to me, that's instinct. Whereas intuition is like your highest self. It's the part of you that just knows what's right. That has been my whole goal for this entire year is to try to hone my intuition better because there are times where I just know something is right and then I go for it and it works out great. Or I know something's right, but I don't go for it because I'm too nervous about it. And then I regret missing that opportunity, you know? So like, I know I have good intuition. I actually got my aura red at an event a couple months ago and I had red outside the first circle of me, which they said is like powerful, like very like leader boss energy. I don't, that's not what they said. I don't remember what they said, but they said it was like meant that I'm a, a leader, which was nice. And then I had a purple ring outside of the red ring that they said represented my intuition and I have good intuition. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. I love to hear that because I'm working on trusting my intuition more. But the point of this episode is talking about how you can tell the difference between instinct versus intuition. So like I said, I got a real life example for you guys. Okay. So imagine you're me yesterday and I get a lovely message from a friend of mine asking if I want to be on a panel which is so freaking cool and in my brain immediately I'm like yeah of course hell yeah um I would love to be on a virtual panel like that sounds wonderful she never said virtual I assumed it was virtual because I'm so used to everything being virtual and I didn't find out till I got another email about it a few hours later that it was in person and when I I tell you the the pure visceral it's, it's supernatural panic that came out of me 
was like, oh my gosh, I became a tornado. Immediately, I was reading the email out loud to my boyfriend. There was a second where I was like, ooh, I think this event might actually be in person. And he was like, oh, cool, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, 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 I'm, I can't go. I'm not going. This sounds horrible. I immediately was like so incredibly dramatic and I could like feel that it was being dramatic coming out of me, but I couldn't help it. I was just like, this sounds like a miserable thing for me to do. This doesn't sound fun at all. This is the worst thing I can imagine. And I'm just saying all of these things that I don't really mean, but I'm just panicking. It's like my fight or flight was triggered and I was reacting like there was an immediate threat in the room, even though there wasn't. It's just an email, babe. Is that not the most frustrating thing when like a literal email makes your heart start beating way too fast, it makes you start sweating, it makes you start having a panic attack? Like, shut up. I wasn't, okay, let me be cool. I wasn't having a full-blown panic attack last night. I was just, but I was in the panic stage. If you're someone who struggles with anxiety, especially when it comes to social events, speaking events, for me, it's like, you would think I'm over here talking to you, right? And you're like, mm, you're nervous about speaking, but in-person is different. In-person is so different. And like, also, as having to talk to other people, like having to participate in a conversation with people that I don't know very well is intimidating to me. Like, if it was just a conversation, that'd be one thing, but like a conversation that's in front of other people. Um, witnessing the conversation just makes me really nervous. Um, but so anyway, when this whole thing happened, I'm going through my whole panic spiral and everything, right? And it was so great that my boyfriend, who knows me very well, was there because he immediately said, okay, stop, like, why? why don't you really want to go? And immediately I was just like, because I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm not smart enough to be on a panel. And he was like, okay, wrong, not true at all. And he's right, I am definitely smart enough to be on this panel that I've invited to be on to literally talk about what I do for work. So like, yeah, I, I would say I probably have some knowledge about what I'm talking about. But then he was like, okay, what else? And I was like, I'm not good at talking to people. I'm gonna sound stupid when I talk and it's gonna be embarrassing for me. And he was like, no, why, why would that happen? That's not how a panel works. Like they're gonna ask you specific questions. They're gonna call on you. Like they're not, they don't want to set you up to be embarrassed. And I was like, okay, I'm hearing you. I'm listening. Like everything I'm saying is now sounding really silly as I'm saying it out loud. And luckily for me, talking it through with him helped me to feel better. And I also ended up jumping on a call with the person who invited me to be on the panel too and she was able to give me more details and I was honest with her about having social anxiety and she was so sweet and was like very comforting and eased all of my worries and now I'm feeling a lot better. But when I was musing on, you know, all of my feelings, all of my hard feelings around my anxiety and fear around doing this event, I think it really all comes down to imposter syndrome because what is imposter syndrome if not fear and anxiety personified? You're not good enough so don't even try because you'll just get hurt if you do. That is literally the voice of anxiety and fear. It is telling you that it's gonna be too scary and you're gonna get hurt. It's telling you that it's dangerous and it's going to make you feel bad, so why would you even do it? And dude, intuition can get so clouded by fear and anxiety. Like I said, I'm so big on trusting your gut, trusting your intuition. If you're into human design, I am a sacral, what is it? I'm a sacral authority in my human design chart, which means like I have 
have to trust my gut intuition. Like I find out if things are gonna work for me based off my gut instinct, but even I still have so many moments where the fear and anxiety clouds what I really want. And you know, it takes talking through it with someone else. Like luckily I was able to talk it through with my boyfriend and then talk it through with the event coordinator and to like really see the forest from the trees, see things for how they really are because that anxiety and fear was absolutely clouding my wants and desires. And as soon as I was able to calm down a little bit and realize that this was imposter syndrome, this was not me actually not wanting to do this event. And in fact, when I actually think about the topic that's gonna to be discussed on the panel and everything, it's something I'm very interested in and passionate about. So like, why not take this wonderful opportunity? You know, I was also thinking to myself, if you described this opportunity to me about one of my peers like getting this opportunity, I would be cheering them on, I would be so freaking excited for them, I would be hyping them up, but because it's me, it, it just doesn't feel deserved and it doesn't feel right. That's my imposter syndrome coming in, that fear and anxiety coming in saying, you're not good enough to handle this. Like somebody else could handle this and do great, but it's not for you. It's not gonna be fun for you. It's the roller coaster thing. That's what, oh. My silly little brain sometimes does this to me. I've shared this story before. I've shared this analogy with you guys before. I think I have at least, but so I used to force myself to ride roller coasters even though I was terrified of them when I was a kid just because I really wanted to face my fears. And I did it over and over and over again. I rode, rode so many freaking roller coasters, you guys, and it took me years, literally a decade, to finally say, I think I just don't like roller coasters because I face my fear time and time and time again. And I don't have fun. I don't like the feeling of my stomach dropping. Um, I forget to breathe on roller coasters. So I just, I don't like them. And now I don't go on them anymore. And it's great because I know that about myself. So sometimes I'll tell myself like, oh, this situation doesn't sound fun to me. Like, is this the roller coaster situation? Am I just making myself do this? Would I just be making myself face this fear of being on a, you know, a public panel with an audience? Am I just doing this to myself like I am with the roller coasters just to prove something to myself, just to prove that I can do it, or is it something I actually want to do? But the difference between the roller coaster situation and this situation is that I've never tried this before. And that's the thing. With the roller coasters, I went on dozens of them. Okay, maybe I'm exaggerating, but I went on at least 10 roller coasters before I finally said, dang it, I don't like roller coasters at all. It was probably more than 10 too, but I've never been on a panel before. I've never spoke at an event like this. So how can I know that I hate it? If I break it down for what it really is, what the topic of discussion is, I love it. There's just some factors that are making me nervous about it. And I'm not saying that like, even though I've worked through this particular example and talked it out a bunch of times that I'm not still nervous. I have a lot of friends in my corner hyping me up, which is really, really helpful to me. So get yourself a community of folks who hype you up. That was actually going to be my mental health tip of the week. If you're someone like me who's more introverted um, and struggles to make adult friends in real life and honestly doesn't always take the energy towards doing it because she likes staying home most of the time and just likes hanging out on the internet and going for walks locally. Anyways, this is not about me. Get yourself an online community. Get yourself a community of people 
who have a similar interest to you and maybe even have similar feelings to you. Maybe also want to talk about mental health the way that you do, dude. Get yourself a group of people who not only celebrate your accomplishments and your productivity, but also celebrate you working on loving yourself, working, being on a mental health journey, taking care of yourself, prioritizing your mental health, finding people who support that is amazing. I know not everybody has people in their life like that. And that's why I say like, if you can find an online community, there's so many of them. Dude, follow me on freaking Instagram. I'll help you. I'll help you find some other people who talk about mental health because there's, there's a lot of people and it makes you feel a lot less alone. I used to, when I would be scrolling on TikTok, like back when I was first getting into TikTok, let's be honest, I didn't really actually start using TikTok until the pandemic hit and obviously stuck inside. What am I going to do? but scroll TikTok and I would see all of these TikToks of people talking about mental health and things they do for their mental health and whatnot. And I was like, mm, I shouldn't be taking advice from people on my phone. Like this is crazy that people are like giving mental health advice. But then I realized that a lot of the stuff they were saying really works and no one's out here giving medical advice. You know, like I'm, I'm always saying I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not giving you medical advice. Don't do anything I tell you to do if you don't want to do it. And also I don't really feel like I'm telling you what to do. I'm just kind of telling you what I'm doing, sharing my own personal experience, etc. But bringing, bringing us back on track here, what I mean to say is that through watching all of the mental health content on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and podcasts and whatnot has made me feel so much less lonely in my mental health journey. It's the whole reason why I make this podcast because it took me listening to other people sharing their mental health stories to finally take that first step to try to take my mental health more seriously to, you know, pursue taking anxiety medication. I've been taking anxiety medication since February of this year and it has changed my life and for the better. Like it has made such a big difference. I've started therapy. I've been going to therapy for the last five months. That has made a world of difference in my life. And both of these things I finally took the first step to do because I had people in my community who supported me and answered my questions. I asked friends about their experience with antidepressants when I was terrified to take my antidepressants for the first time. I asked friends about their experiences with therapy back before I had never been to a therapist before in order to feel more comfortable to start going. We need a community of people who can tell us it's okay sometimes, you know? I consider myself a pretty independent person most of the time. I can entertain myself. Like, you give me a Saturday to myself and I'm gonna treat myself and take myself on a date and have a grand old time all by myself, just me and Bert and my audiobooks. But having a community of people online who talk about mental health the same way that I do or as openly as I do and are having all of these honest conversations, especially you guys, like when you comment and say like, this is happening to me too, like I relate to this, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube. I'm sorry if I don't always reply to the comments. I, I hate to pull this one, but I'm mentally ill. So sometimes I get really, really, really overwhelmed by all of the things that I feel like I have to do and I don't end up responding to comments. I'm gonna try to be better. I'm better at replying on no, I'm not good at replying anywhere. Let me let me not talk myself down here, okay? I will be better at replying to comments if you're still listening at this point in the podcast. You're 
you're such a, a lovely person and I respect the heck out of you for sticking with me through all of these rants and rambles. Should this be the end of the episode? No, it can't be. I haven't shared my mental health song of the week yet. What did I decide? I like just decided before I started filming this. I don't think I was listening to a ton of mental health bops this week. Oh, I did decide. Okay, so I was like going through all of my recently added music trying to be like, okay, which one of these seems like it relates the most to anxiety because obviously I'm an anxious girly and that's what most of my mental health songs are about. But this week I am picking a song from Sabrina Carpenter's EP Fruitcake. Um, it's her little holiday album she came out with and it's freaking awesome. It has nothing to do with mental health, but it does affect my mental health. The song I want to single out is Is It New Year's Yet? Because the lyrics to this song scratch an itch in my brain that I didn't even know existed before. The part where she goes, Santa, Santa, why do you hate me? I'm a gift, look how God made me. <laughs> Like, it's so good. It makes me want to shake my booty. It makes me want to dance like no one's watching. Um, so yeah, I think you should go listen to it. <laughs> like, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, it's fine. The whole song is about, it, is it New Year's yet? It's about you being ready to be done with Christmas. Um, I am not necessarily ready to be done with Christmas, but it's, it's a bop regardless. Some songs are about vibes. You guys know that, we've discussed this before. Some songs are gonna come out like Noah Khan and he's gonna just tear right into your soul and say the most beautiful words you've ever heard in your life. And then other times you just have to listen to a song that has a fun little pop beat. And that is the CP for me from Sabrina Carpenter. Listen to the whole thing, but definitely isn't New Year's yet. All right, you guys. And that's the end of the episode. It was a rambly one. I say that every week, but this week we're gonna blame it on me having a week off. So I'll never do that again. I'm just kidding. I think I'm gonna, I think my plan for this season of hard feelings, because that is something that I can do when I upload episodes, is put it into seasons. I think this season will end at the end of this year, and then maybe I'll take like a week off and come back. Um, I don't know yet. We still got a few more weeks before then, so don't worry. I'll still have plenty of content talking about how to deal with holiday stress. I know we already talked about it a couple weeks ago, but you know, we're gonna talk about it again because right now it's early stages of like holiday season stress. You know, we I got through Thanksgiving and that was lovely. I had such a good Thanksgiving. By the way, for those of you who are wondering, who listened to the last episode and were like, oh my gosh, I hope our Thanksgiving went well. It did. My first hosted Thanksgiving went really freaking well. It was awesome. And my mom came in and gave a big thumbs up. So my apartment looks super clean and wonderful. So it was great. But yeah, you know, the closer it gets to Christmas, just like travel, having to get gifts and stuff, it's gonna get a little stressful. So I will be talking about stress. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's a goofy end of the episode. Check out the description box if you're into my makeup look today. I'll put all the details down there. I'm very shiny today. I'm very shiny, very glittery, very sparkly. And if you're jealous, come over to YouTube. <laughs> I don't mean jealous of my spark. If you're jealous that you can't see it and you want, you want to see it, you could come over to YouTube or Instagram and then you could see it. I'll link that down below for you. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next Friday with a new episode. Bye, take care of yourself.